0: Welcome marketologists. We have another marketing strategy session and I have Catherine Evans Nunez. Did I get it right?
1: You absolutely I, did.
0: Being that I don't speak Latin, and, and, and but I want to get it right and I want to learn it too. But uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate the opportunity to deliver value to your network, to your audience, and to have some really fun, engaging conversations. So let's, let's geek sure. out on marketing.
0: So we got three things to talk about. We've got personal brand, and I know a lot of people are excited about being the next celebrity. We've got LinkedIn marketing, which seems to be the-, the Hot hit-
1: topic. It is, it yes. is.
0: And everybody's like, how in the world do I market on LinkedIn? And then to piggyback on that, we've got social selling, which every business to business, you know, provider wants to learn how can I sell, you know, on social media? And, yes. you know, we can't pay, we can't pay with likes and, you know, followers that just doesn't pay any bills. But, uh, and, you
1: know, even if you're an influencer and you have those million followers and you have those likes, you still might not be able to sell anything.
0: Yeah. But, you know, that's the funny part that many people don't know that, you know, some of those people have a lot of following but aren't selling, but they're comparing their business uh, Absolutely. campaign. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yes. apples and oranges.
1: And I don't have the statistics today, but there's only one Angelina Julie. There's only once Prince William, one Prince William, you know, and the, the odds of, and I don't want to put you and I on any lower track, but the odds that I'm gonna be the next Angelina Julie, or yeah. you're gonna be the next Prince William, is pretty much zero. Yeah. So comparing ourselves to that is using somebody's yard, uh, somebody else's yardstick to measure yeah. our own success. And that's really something that we have to be careful with.
0: It, it is, and I, I a lot of times talk to our businesses and whenever I talk to them, I mm-hmm. let them know that, I call it chasing Amazon, because a lot of businesses want to compare themselves to the Amazons, the Walmarts, the, the Home Depot, different ball game. You've got people with unlimited marketing budgets that they can leverage. You've got people with inside representatives inside of some of these larger advertisement platforms that they can call personally and say, hey, my ad isn't working right. Can you (laughs) fix, you know? (laughs) Their
1: one and only job is analytics review, right? They just look all day long, how many, what what are my KPIs and what are my metrics and how am I gonna make it better? And that's all they do. And so that's not where most of my target market is, right? I service, I work with, I consult B2B service-based entrepreneurs. And those tend to be solopreneurs, a speaker or a coach or someone that exited corporate America, or they've been coaching and consulting for a while and they need to pivot now in the world, the new world that we are in. They were a stage speaker and they sold from the stage. So those people, right? If they haven't built their company to the multi multi-million dollars, they're, yeah. they're really looking a little farther down the road than where they are today.
0: And, and, and it's interesting because they can have a very comfortable lifestyle without having the millions of followers.
1: Um, yes. you know,
0: they can really you know, have a handful of loyal followers and make a very good living doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's very important to, to understand. It's not the, the quantity of how many followers you have, it's who's following you. And mm-hmm. you know, that brings me into the personal brand. How do you develop yourself as an expert or authority with your personal brand? Um, you know, is it you know, something as simple as you look the part, or is it that you have to have the, the, the huge credentials and the big client base? You know, what, how do you develop a good personal brand?
1: One thing I like to say, it's very cliche, but you have to know yourself to grow yourself. Uh-huh. So I really do start all of my clients at the same square. Okay. And that is understanding what you stand for and understanding what you stand against in your own personal life. Because we're talking about right now, for the most part, the solopreneur, right? Or the, the person that's just scaling their business. Maybe they have three to five um, contractors, or they have a virtual assistant, or maybe they even have their first employee, whatever. But they, they need to understand that they can't be all things to all people, so we okay. start at square one with really understanding your, your psychology of your brand, your brand archetype. And okay. once you understand that, then a lot of things in your life tend to make more sense. And you, you begin to form a sense of clarity in who you are. And then you can say no to more things. And yes, to okay. the right items that will help move you forward in your business. So let's look at yeah. you for let's let's look at you for a second with you and your personal brand. So you're showing up today with a bright red color, right? So that's like a power color, and um, if you were to look up and around in your house, in your world that you live in, or in your virtual world, is red one of those dominant colors that you have around you a lot? Or is it just a coincidence you have red on today?
0: It's a coincidence. That's interesting because <laughs> my brain colors are actually blues. And that's blues. very interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, do you see my, fa- my painting? Reds and blues are bold colors.
0: Yes. Yes. So,
1: so it's a, and we're not getting to the psychology of color, but I'm just talking about, understanding when you're looking at your personal brand, you create a sense of awareness and you become more conscious. Wow. How am I showing up in the world? And I'm not telling you to go change your closet. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, understand how you're showing up in the world, making sure that how you show up online and offline are consistent. Okay. If you're preaching about uh, religion and uh, family values I'm not going to catch you on your personal Facebook page, taking pictures of hanging in a bar with a bunch of single people, right? (laughs) And you separated from your wife six months ago. So making sure that you're living on brand and that your brand values and your personal values and all of those things are congruent, it just helps you step into living on brand in your life in general. And so the personal brand is very important because then once you establish that, your brand archetype, your brand, your visual world that you want to take people into, then I usually move my clients forward into understanding what they want to be known for in the world. And some of those things could be for me. I stand for uh, women's rights mm-hmm. and for um, the women's movement of moving pe- women forward in this world, for the rights of all people, for the indigenous people, for all races, mm-hmm. animals. Like those are the things I stand for. And so yeah. I use those things in my personal brand by taking pictures, let's say uh, and posting on in- Instagram of me volunteering at a women's march or um i have a rescue horse so i take pictures in my dress and boots of me with the horse so i weave some of those things that are super important to me into my brand so that i give my overall persona more depth people then start to connect with you like oh my gosh i have a horse i have a horse i love i i'm I'm rescuing horses, or I used to take horseback riding lessons when I was young, so they find some different emotional place where they can connect with you, and it's not, I didn't give Mm -hmm. away my life, I didn't give away the names of my children, or their social security numbers, or where they go to school, I just gave a little peek into those things that I stand for, And um, it just helps. It helps with all different types of things. It helps with attracting. That's when I like to say you use your personal brand as a client magnet. You start to attract your tribe and the people that feel like they can, they know you. Before they get you on the phone, before you speak to them, they've been following you and watching you and they feel like they know you so that when you say, when the time is right and you say... Mm -hmm. Let's, let's hop on a 15 minute call. I think I can help you with that. I just read your, your ask. They're like, they say yes, because they already feel like they know you. So it takes, it takes some of that cold, uh, cold calling, if you will, away, because you have built a personal brand, they get Mm -hmm. to know you, and now they can connect with you on a different level. That
0: was a long explanation. (laughs) Well, no, that was great. I mean, because it brought up a question, how much of it is, I would call it scripted and how much of it is organic lifestyle shots. So you you know, with social, you have so many people that have scripted um, shots, either A, they're so overproduced professionally or B, they're in front of, I don't, I don't, I don't.
1: A rented Maserati or. Yes.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I mean, they, they, they're living this fake persona. And so, you know, how, especially when you're dealing with business to business, mm-hmm. Um, you know, how much of it should be scripted or how much of it should be just real life, organic lifestyle shots?
1: So it, that is a complicated question and answer, mm. because one of the things that I believe is that an entrepreneur on their journey, they need to realize and understand that where they are is exactly where they need to be on their journey. Okay. So there's certain pictures you can take of, um, I, I want a Porsche, mm. like let's say I want a Porsche. And I'm going to go to the Porsche dealership and I'm going to take a picture of myself in this Porsche. And I want to post it on social media because that's my goal. But then the post that you might put around that picture Mm -hmm. is talking about the journey that you're taking to get the Porsche. Okay. So you can use that type of a post to engage your personal story or your personal journey. So that once again, somebody, you might call somebody out and they're like, I want a Porsche too. Like I'm going to go to the Porsche dealer and take a picture now and talk about this is the kind of car I want. So there's a place where you could use photos, lifestyle photos like that in your, in your message or in your personal brand um, lifestyle, but not to brag, to use it as inspiration that this is what i'm working towards and and when i have that money in the bank, i'm not even sure i'm gonna buy it but it's a symbol of something i'm working towards okay and and i would say that you could use that type of a post on an instagram okay or a facebook maybe not a linkedin unless there is a, a a life story or a success story or something that's associated with it okay okay
0: and, and, and so you're basically saying when you're using these platforms, leverage them differently, not one size fits all when it comes yes. to posting.
1: Yes. Yes. So one of the things also that I understand that I work with people is to understand what your goals are. So every okay. day when you sit down and you're going to write social media posts like mm-hmm. what's my goal for being on social media? Somebody said like, here's a good one. Well, I don't want to go sideways. <laughs> I would say clubhouse, like that's a whole nother conversation.
0: Yes, just just
1: because big. it exists yeah, doesn't mean you need to jump right in it unless your target markets are like, you need to understand what the long-term strategy of being on that platform is. But you yes. have different, you have different strategies for different, um, Different platforms, for example, my target market. We've already identified what it is. Well, they're on Facebook to watch cat memes and protect, you know, have fun with their their friends and family. Mm-hmm. They also are on Facebook Facebook because they're in learning groups. Like maybe they're in a mastermind or they're working with a private coach and they have a, a, a Facebook group or they have they want to write a book and they're in this group about how to write books or maybe they scrapbook and they're in a, a different group. So it's, it's more of a um, it could be a hobby or a growth reason that they're on Facebook. Okay. They're on LinkedIn because they're um, using it for sales okay. or they're looking for someone to work with, or mm-hmm. they're just trying, literally trying to grow their network so that they can network with people. Okay. So um, somebody on Twitter might want to be uh, maybe their poli- political activist or mm-hmm. they really quick want to get an opinion out to somebody. So they use that that would serve uh, an audience that's quick with opinions or they're out doing something in there. They know that their target market and their decision makers are there so they okay. can quickly interact with them. So just understanding what's your goal am my building my brand, am I educating my audience? Am I running an ad? What's your goal for being on that platform? And then nail the platform.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Before you try to be all things to all people.
0: Okay, okay, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) So when you're nailing LinkedIn, because that's the one that I think is challenging because it is so professional and business to business, um, what would be some of the strategies that you would recommend when leveraging LinkedIn? I mean, their platform—whether it's advertising or just social posting or interacting with people—is totally different. Like you said, they're there to to network to do business. You know, um, it's a lot different than if you're on uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You know, it's a lot lot different. So how would you say uh, approaching LinkedIn messaging and LinkedIn marketing, uh, what would you recommend in that aspect?
1: Uh, you know, for some reason, I don't like the term LinkedIn marketing because that makes me feel slimy that I'm there to <laughs> sell to somebody. And so LinkedIn for me is building your subject matter expertise. Okay. So that your target market knows who you are, they know who you serve, and mm-hmm. they understand what the outcome is of working with you in your, in your business. Okay. So how am I going to take that audience on that journey? How am I going to create this, this brand awareness, this subject matter expertise, and draw my people to me? You know, and that's where the strategy comes in. Okay. With understanding um, what's your goal for being on LinkedIn <laughs> and and it's bigger so so with social selling also um, I'll kind of branch into that because social selling is a top of funnel I'm, I speak with my hands okay. it's a top of funnel activity that's more prospecting. Okay. So you are um, creating the subject matter expertise. You're using it to look for your target market. You're identifying who they are. You're building a strategy to see how active they are on LinkedIn. You're listening to the brand mentions that they're talking about. You can find other decision makers on it. So it's really can be a research tool and that's really a prospecting tool. So social selling is finding, connecting and engaging with your target market Mm-hmm. but actually how many sales are you going to make by dropping, by throwing up in somebody's inbox, right? You're not spamming them. Yeah, You're educating them and you're moving, you know, you, you're moving them along the buyer's journey so mm-hmm. that when you're ready for the offer, when they're ready to reach out, when they know they have a problem and they've identified that you're the person or your brand is the one that can solve that problem, Now you're top of mind because they've seen your posts Mm -hmm. and they're going to reach out to you. Like, I think, I think you have a problem. I think you can solve my problem. I now know I'm aware. I have a problem. I've researched Mm -hmm. the different solutions. I've looked at all of them and you've with your posts, you've given me a compelling reason why your solution would be better for me. Now I'm super aware and I'm ready to work with you. What would that look like? And then those conversations you have, offline you have those those conversations on the phone
0: and that's that's a great point because i i know um my inbox is filled with people that are offering me services that i don't know never really met we may have connected on linkedin because of the connection but all of a sudden it's like hey uh, i want to set up a meeting and talk to you about um you know whatever the service would be and i'm like why would you why, why would I do that? Especially sometimes it's, it was funny because early on, this is years ago. I still get them. Um, I would get a lot of them about a service that I actually provided. Yes.
1: And I, I was this. like,
0: you didn't even read my profile. I mean, why would you offer that to me? And that's what I do. And so, you know, I knew that they were just copying and pasting and just sending it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is very important, becoming an authority on LinkedIn, um, you know. And, and I think that's changed so much because back in the days, you could do the question and answer. And I love the question and answer segment of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But they took that away. And groups isn't what it used to be on LinkedIn. I mean, groups basically, I mean, you just kind of crickets you can't just be i
1: used to be active in groups you're right but now it's like it's one more thing i really think they linkedin missed out on groups facebook does a much better job of groups yeah and now people are even moving away from groups and building slack channels
0: yeah so yeah.
1: that that it, there's, a, there's a change. There's a change a coming for sure. And so that's one of the biggest um, complaints I hear from my audience. I do a lot of speaking and they say, I'm so tired of the spamming and everybody trying to sell me. And I'm, I say, why did you connect with that person? Like, did you just accept their connection because you, they sent you a connection request? You know, protect your network. You can only have thirty thousand people in your network. Okay. So the only, th- in the only, in my opinion, the only three categories you should have a connection with is mm-hmm. someone, someone that is a prospect, mm-hmm. someone you might consider buying from in the future. Okay. Um, okay, colleagues and people you used to work with. There, that's family and friends. Let's just say that's a, that's. Maybe I'll I'll change it to four. Okay. And then other people that you might want to follow and learn from. Okay. All the other people are just noise. So if you're getting spams in your inbox, take them out of your network. If they're not providing value to you daily or weekly or whatever, take them out of your network. Okay. You don't need them sense. there. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so here's here's an interesting conversation I had through through, uh, I get a little bolder the, the more I'm on LinkedIn. People tell me I'm too nice. So, I I, I uh, had a connection with this woman, and she's like, "My client list is full. I don't need you to sell me anything." She accepted my connection request, and then her response back, "I'm I'm full. I don't. You need you to sell me anything. I don't want to set up an appointment with you. Nice to meet you." And I'm like, "Okay." And so L- LinkedIn is a business networking platform,
0: yeah. right?
1: And so what's the definition of business?
0: Oh, uh, you, you transactions. I mean, you're doing transactions. You're not friends. You're just right. transactions.
1: And it's not just transactions. It's a positive business transaction, right? I mean, yeah. some of them are negative. But so it in just that definition, you're you're either giving information or you're taking information, but it's a business networking platform. Yeah. So if, if, if you want to be friends with someone and talk about cats and dogs and airplanes and scrapbooking, then move over to Facebook or move over to Pinterest or whatever, but yeah. it's a, it's a business networking platform. And that kind of helps you shape the form of how you're going to interact. I mean, I send every one of my connections, happy birthday cards, customized happy birthday cards, and I want to know how they spent it. But that's an authentic part of my brand because I, even in my first, my first sentence on, on my, my um, profile, I say, I'm not here to build connections. I'm here to build relationships. Okay. So I want to know about the person I authentically want to know about the person, but Mm -hmm. I'm not there on, as a dating site, or, you know, if we can be friends as a result of uh, our, our interactions on LinkedIn, that's great. But if you and I were just connecting on LinkedIn, I say, how can I help you? Like what's your ask? What are you here for? What, you know, what are you working on? And then I can look within my network of, you know, 10,000 and see if there's somebody I know that can help you or I can yeah. push your way or something. So it's 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 definitely a networking platform and people need to remember what the definition of business is and what the definition of networking is. It's to give and to receive.
0: Yeah, that, that, that makes a whole lot of sense and changes the dynamic of LinkedIn and how you leverage it. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you look at it like other social networks, you're looking at, oh, wow, I've got 10,000, 20,000 followers, you know, or connections. And so you're building it based on those vanity metrics. And then in the real scheme of things, most of them probably aren't really good connections. They they are not there building a relationship. And so that does clutter up your inbox. It clutters up your, your feed. It clutters mm-hmm. up everything. And, and it makes it a lot harder to do business with people that are doing business with you, you know, or would like to do business with you. So, you know, I think I've seen the same thing happen in mailing lists. You can have a huge mailing list, but then you have a very small open rate and come to find out your mailing list happens to be a bunch of people that downloaded a free lead magnet that may not have been well thought out. It just may have been something... Um, you know,
1: At 2 a.m., I'm laying in bed, autofill.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. And it's like, okay, I've got all these people, but nobody calls me or nobody wants to, to set up an appointment. And then you find out, you know, the majority of them aren't a good fit. I remember talking with a friend of mine, Michael. Um, we were discussing uh, contest marketing. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that we threw up in the air or a contest was given away a free Macbook. And in theory it's a great idea. But I started thinking about it more and more and I'm like my little one would sign up for that. She's 12. You know, she'd like I want a free computer, you know. So I mean, you it would it would get good results number-wise, but majority of them would have no interest in anything being offered by our business to them. They just mm-hmm. want the free, you know, computer. And so, you know, I think that that pruning is a great advice tip for everybody.
1: And the other thing to remember, which is hard for all of us, is people, we, we tend to be afraid to give out too much value because somebody's gonna see our secret sauce and mm-hmm. they can't give that away on, Uh, on a podcast or on a LinkedIn or on a post because then what am I going to pay? What am I going to get paid for? It's not fair to my other clients, but unless you have super fans that read every single thing that you do, Mm -hmm. you have to provide value to your target market. You have to understand what pain they have and you have to give them a solution to that problem. You're going to have people that, take your freebie or your problem or your, your solution and they implement it. And I I had, case in point, I um, I speak a lot. Like I said, I had someone I didn't even know that was attending all of my talks and mm-hmm. they sent me a DM and they said, I implemented everything that you said and my, my business increased by 30%. And I'm like, crap, that should be in a test month. Like, how did that happen, right? <laughs> so you're gonna get... You're going to get raving fans. What's the downside of somebody implementing what you did and having positive results about it? They're going to tell mm-hmm. other people. They're going that's to want it. to know what more you can do. What else yeah. can you do? If you gave that small of a nugget out and they and they took out, that's the kind of people you do want to work with because they take action in, in something that you deliver. Mm-hmm. Then it's the other people that um, get overwhelmed. You told them the the what not the how you told them what they needed to do they tried to do it themselves and they fell flat on their face and then their next phone call is going to be to work with you yeah or the other person that just attends everything and takes all the information and just like you said they're a hoarder and they're never going to implement anything and they have no money and they're not going to call you but you know maybe they're going to be uh, there maybe they're going to refer you over to somebody hey i know i i digest all this person's information you should check them out. So they might still become some sort of a brand ambassador. So there's really no downside to providing yeah. tons of value to your audience on, on any social, social form. And, right. and, and I didn't have to buy a MacBook.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and that, that, that becomes, you know, something that's funny because when you start looking at some of the things that are being given away or offered, um, some of the content that's out there, they get great numbers, but in business, it's it's not about just having a bunch of, of vanity numbers. Right. And, you know, I've worked with uh, small as well as large clients and that is hard. They still want those vanity numbers and it's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, <laughs> we said our goal was this how is having um, you know 100,000 twitter followers obtaining this because based on our analytics we haven't sold anything on twitter nobody has become a client or, or or a customer from twitter and so it's like well yeah but we need to have the you know our numbers up on our twitter you know account and and so we get lost in what's really important mm-hmm. uh, so and i've done it too i, I you know I'm gonna be honest, the first time I did it, uh, well, probably not the first time, probably not the first time. <laughs> but I remember one time I had a niece that did a YouTube channel and it blew up and I was like, how she blow up on a YouTube channel and she's not even trying, you know? Right. And I'm like, what is going on? But I, I when reverse engineering, I realized You know, she was doing videos that were like little funny skits, her and her boyfriend. And she was getting a lot of followers from it. But she, you know, and she did get some checks from YouTube from it. But it wasn't a business for her. And then when I start, of course, being that overpowering, over dominant uncle to say, hey, let's talk about this. Let's monetize this, baby. Yeah. Then she was like, I don't want to do it no more you know <laughs> You're like, oh, you like how are you doing the no book um but you know i think that that's important because we look at it and say oh man i gotta get all these followers all these fans i gotta get all." but honestly at the end of the day in business you need customers and clients you need
1: and, and it's always making sure that you have the right audience it only takes one person to see your information. I I, I did a post on uh, LinkedIn and I it had, I believe I, it might be at 15,000, right? 15,000 views. And I was, of course I'm geeking out on the views and the metrics. So when I dug deeper, mm-hmm. somehow it got picked up by the big accounting firms. Okay. And it went crazy in the accounting firms and i thought i oh my gosh maybe i should change my target market and start calling on accounting firms and i'm like you just bought into the whole vanity metric thing i don't even serve accountants i don't serve accountants i don't know how that algorithm got picked up and got passed through to the accounting teams but it was really interesting so you have so the metric might be there, but you need to dig in deeper and yeah. find out what caused that. You know why it got served up to one or two accountants, and they're like, "Oh, look at this! Oh, I'm it just it just went crazy." I have another another story like that. Um, we were working with a client. Uh, we're talking about metrics. We were working with a client whose website had just like these huge spikes on a few days. Okay. And we were like, "Wow, you're getting some good traffic." You know what what this is one page. Well, her assistant was using their website booking system to book all of their appointments. So internally, wow. they were driving the metrics up. Because they were using Uh, their web, their internally, they were going to their website. And I find myself doing that sometimes as well. Like, oh, that piece of content I want. I'm like, no, now I have a master sheet with all my links. I can just copy and paste them. I don't need to go hit my own website all the time. So, you know, data is great, but really digging in the data, understanding what you're going to do with it, and then making a strategy to repeat it or to not repeat it. um, You know, the data is really good use data to your and benefit
0: to what you said too, knowing yourself knowing exactly who you are and who you service mm-hmm. um, you know and that helps when you look at the data and say okay is this something that makes sense you know or is this something that just is nice nice to know you know yeah that's nice but that's yeah so
1: so listeners if you're an accountant Call call me (laughs) all of a sudden, all the, but you know, it is Now, now I did open up by saying I work with B2B service-based entrepreneurs. So an accountant is providing a service and for the most part, they're business to business. So I could be missing out, but it's really not my niche. Uh, It's not, No, I run from that while, although I'm a scientist by education, um, taxes are my nemesis i just couldn't even imagine playing in that circle
0: yes that that that, that makes your head hurt even saying the word taxes. yes like, oh. yes
1: you uh, and, and when i was in corporate america when i was young uh, even getting my expense reports done on time was a pain until i became a manager and i'm the one that had to make sure everybody got them done on time so <laughs> Yeah, numbers. I I just don't see myself working with the numbers, people.
0: Well, let's get into some numbers. Let's talk about your S-cubed.
1: The S-cubed methodology. And so S-cubed, scientific again, is social selling strategy. So S to the third power, S-cubed. And then the uh, cubed part is my five-step framework for building a social selling strategy, which is what we just talked about, create a compelling personal brand, a compelling personal digital footprint. And then you, what we just said, understand your goals and why you're even opening up your computer for the day. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go down a rabbit hole and click on Facebook all day long and never get anything done? B is build your target market. We talked about that as well. Understand who you serve, what business problem you solve and the outcome of working with you. E, we talked about as well, engagement. How are you going to match your content to the buyer's journey and making sure that you're you're measuring those metrics. And then D is um, develop offline relationships with your online connections, which is ultimately getting them on the phone and closing the deal. How are you gonna take all those all those vanity metrics? How are you gonna take those people from this top of funnel and move them actually into a closed deal? So that's that's the framework for uh, working with me. And we go through all of those different um, steps in a 12-week program. Okay. The 12-step right. program, maybe I need to add 13. <laughs> so it's 13 weeks, yeah.
0: Steps. Yeah, there are 12 steps. You you might have some confessions coming through. Right. So that there
1: there are 13 weeks because we don't call the onboarding call as part of the week. So there you go. 13 Uh, weeks.
0: (laughs) So that makes sense. So I mean, you know, you've given a great overview of, of how to look at approaching, you know, social media when it comes to business to business selling. And you know, taking back some of the, the, the myths, some of the, the stories, some of the pictures in front of the Maseratis um, and saying, OK, if you're looking at doing business, you want to know yourself first. You want to know your audience. You want to know what you can deliver. You want to build authority by giving out good information and not being scared of that. You want to take each platform and leverage each platform for what it's intended to be. Mm-hmm. If you even leverage it, you know, because that's another thing. You don't have to do each platform just because it's out there. Right. I mean, I love TikTok like the next person. I, matter of fact, my family can tell you. <laughs> they're like, it's, I'm going to confess, at 12, and 12, 1 in the morning, they're getting all these fours from TikTok from me. I they're know. Like, what is he doing? I have
1: a 13-year-old, and we can lay in bed and then hours gone by with us laughing at TikTok videos. It's a total you know, time suck, but it's for me, it's not a business tool.
0: Yes, and and, and that's what I because I thought about. It. I was like, huh, I can do some TikToks. I can have Nisi show me how to do all these filters, and I can do some cool TikToks. But let's, it's not really my market. And though I use it for entertainment, it's not my market for business. And so. You know, leveraging each social platform for what it's worth
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then knowing how to, like you say, build relationships, not just connections uh, with your actual network. Um, so, you know, a lot of great information. And I, I know you said that you actually have something that you was going to offer uh, to the listeners. They can go to your site and actually get more information that'll help them on their journey.
1: Yeah. So I have um, a LinkedIn messaging playbook. I saw all the people that were spamming and throwing up and everyone was saying the same thing on, uh, on LinkedIn. So I wrote a a messaging playbook that has different funnels Mm -hmm. that you can follow. Now, please, you guys, if you, if you, Get the ebook. Do not copy and paste. It is a template that I want you to think about how you would reword it and, and send out to your target market. But so it, it's an ebook. I have a, a free download of the top, I can't even tell you how many um, messages there are, but but message formats. So for free. So you can download a page of that and use those templates for free okay and we can put the link in the show notes so that people can um, access it and see what it is and it's a nine dollar book so it's not it's not a big huge um purchase but you can get the download for free of all the the common i just took a whole plethora of messages i have a swipe file right so i geek out on messages that people have sent me and then i i Copy them and I put them over and then I reword them. So I, I have that for you as a gift.
0: Okay, and it's funny because you'll probably get a bunch of people and, and you'd be like, "Wait a minute, that's my template." Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing. I I did. I got a message from somebody that was my message down to the exact check marks and everything, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I'm like, you know how they say. Um, what is it? Copying is the best form of flattery or whatever.
0: Exactly. You know, you're like, well, it works. They're using it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're using it.
0: Wow. That's good. That's amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing so much with us. Um, You know, I always learn so much when I do these interviews, and I'm hoping that the audience learned as much, if not more, than what I did. Um, You know, there's some things that I probably should rearrange. Maybe I shouldn't do so many uh, dances on LinkedIn. No, I, I don't dance. My little one told me never dance, again, ever. <laughs> I yes. Tried some of those challenges with her, and she was like, no, <laughs> don't do it, so.
1: I mean, it's okay to throw in once in a while just to give your audience a laugh. You know, <laughs> don't be afraid. The thing is, don't get stuck. Just take action. Take action, reiterate, take action, reiterate. Don't overthink it. Be natural. Put it out there, but know why you're there in the first place.
0: Great. That is, that is the ending note right there. That is the one that's going to close it and it'll be a quotable. Yes. So everybody, thank you so much for coming on. All the information will be in the show notes. Please do not send Catherine her own swipe file (laughs) as a message, Uh, but leverage what she's presenting to you to help grow your business. And we'll be talking to you on the next marketing strategy session.